everyone. Welcome to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm not your host, Tara Wiedemeyer, but with me today is Lead Communications Director Seth Muse and Lead Care and Support Pastor Brock Yonke. Tara, that was fantastic. The introduction. That was great. Man, it took so much to get her to do that, everybody. (laughs) No. We literally had to have a boxing match almost. And And now I'm sweating. Yeah. It's It's fine. It's totally fine. Now I'm sweating. Awesome. Well, in our last episode, we were uh, all about the check your heart and spiritual side of marriages. And, um, you know, it was, I, I felt like that was a pretty good episode. You guys, that was pretty good. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. I feel like that. I need a cardiologist. It was I. Right. It was it was all right. It was pretty good. But uh, now we want to continue on with our discussion of the four horsemen that we started. We started with criticism and contempt. So give us a quick recap, criticism and contempt, what those things are. Uh, criticism, attacking the character of someone, not focusing on a specific behavior. Contempt is the expression um you're expressing yourself as superior to the other person, and it can come out like through sarcasm, name-calling, eye-rolling, mockery, something more hostile feeling. Okay. So in part two of communication, we're going to look at uh, defensiveness and stonewalling. So let's talk about what those things are. Anybody want to venture a uh, definition? I am going to defer to the professional, Tara. Oh, okay. Checkmate. I don't even know if I use that right because I don't know how to play chess. But um, okay. But, but so, whatever it was, Brock, you just lost. Woo. Oh well, then I totally yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so defensiveness is um, basically defensiveness is self-protection, or when we kind of play the victim um, to our spouse. Stonewalling is when the listener withdraws without there being a resolution to the conflict in any way. Um, and a lot of times with stonewalling, this can happen over time more so the longer the other three horsemen um, are in effect and not being um, managed well. So, so to me, like, if, help me understand this to make sure I'm on the right page. So defensiveness really looks like I'm not ever going to take responsibility. Correct. When my spouse comes to me, it's always, I'm going to push it back on them a little bit. Like, yeah. well, if you just weren't, then I'd be, this mm-hmm. wouldn't happen. So Absolutely. it's kind of, you know, on them. Yeah. And stonewalling is in, in like your, I love the term because it's like, you're actually like turning into a stone wall, kind mm-hmm. of like just being non-responsive, your listening skills disappear. You kind of may even turn away from the other person. Yeah. Uh, or or just, like you leave the house. I mean, that can be stonewalling. Yeah, like, or I mean, leave the room or yeah. you just stop talking. So like, I, I think an example from my marriage is like, There'd been the past when I'm in the middle of a very, very important football game. Very, very important. I can't remember which one it was, They're but it was very important. important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are they? And, Are and they? my and my They're wife <laughs> would talk to me, and I was like, I would almost like, like she'd want to talk about something. I'm like, almost like turn a little bit, or turn the volume up, or turn the volume up because I wanted to convey. And so, really, all that was doing was saying, "Hey, you're not important. This yeah meaningless game." is way more important than you. Not that there can't be times that you can't say, hey, I really want to watch this play. But, you know, it's like it just stonewalling. It felt like that. Like I just was literally becoming a wall between what she wanted to, to say to me and what wanted. Would that be an accurate description, professional? Um, I mean, I think if that's a pattern over time, like the using the football example, yeah, it could be. And especially if it's coming out in other areas, that could just like a, be a bleed-off area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that could also just be, I mean – it's withdrawing, right? Yeah, it's withdrawing, but I don't 
I think you have to look at the really the context. So, um, so it's more like is, this is continually happening. Would that be a way of looking at it? Or? It definitely becomes habitual for yeah. sure. Um, but yeah, it kind of it might start like just in conflict, but then it could it could even become just part of like regular conversation, like the football thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But like if you only do it during football, maybe it's um, you know. I don't know. You just, you are distracted and you need to like have your attention. Um, so it's, it's more like you're just kind of saying, I don't, I, I I'm I not interested. I'm not interested in you. Yeah. Continually. Yeah. Okay. In my first year of marriage, I realized that this was, this, my, I ranked highest in defensiveness, but stonewalling was right there with it too. Uh, Cause I'm a withdrawing type personality type. And man, I'll never forget the first real fight we ever had. We've told this story numerous times, and, and we it was back when we had checkbooks. You know, and people remember those. What are those? Um, so, so we're trying to balance the checkbook. We have you know little money coming in, right? So, um, whenever I get the bank statement, I don't like details. I don't like numbers, things like. So, whatever the bank said, I had, I would literally just scratch out. My and just write in what they said. Oh my gosh! And so that's that's how I did. This is one of the reasons I don't do this for us anymore. My best. wife handles this, but she came in and was like, "Where's this money? We we had lost some money somewhere." And she was looking for it, like where where did it go? And uh, a check that was supposed to come in didn't or whatever. And so she's like, "Can I see the checkbook?" I'm like, "Sure, here it is. I don't care." She looks at it and goes, "What is this?" And there's all these scratches, and that's when we realized that we, we were missing like 500 bucks. And this was this was we were twenty years old, you know, like twenty two. That's and, a lot and of like, money. It's a lot of money when you're first starting out for sure. And uh, and I'm sitting there watching TV, and all of a sudden I'm just like, I don't want to talk about this. I don't I don't know what to tell you. And she's like, What happened? What's going on? She's trying to get to the bottom of it. And I literally, I literally get up, and go to the bedroom and lay down like I'm going to take a nap. And I'm not without saying anything. Yeah, like I'm just like I don't want to talk about this. So I go in there. I'm like I'm laying down and. And uh, and I'm trying to stonewall her big time. I'm trying to like get out of this conversation because I never had a fight with the woman I love, right? So I don't know how to do this. And so I walk in there and I'm just like, I don't want to talk about it. And luckily, my wife is a is a person that pursues, and she she will pursue. And, that, and I think that's what happens a lot when yeah. we stonewall. It kind of excites the other person, and so they're almost like getting out the can. It's like I'm going to destroy this stonewall. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to bust this sucker down. Yeah, and yeah. she she was kind of like she walked in and goes. You can't just come in here and lay down. We're going to talk about this. And I was like, dang it. I don't want to talk about this. But it finally forced me to realize, like, I can't. I'm in a one-bedroom apartment. Where can I run? You know, it's like we're, we're going to have to have this conversation. It, re- it made me realize, like, oh, this is what I do. This mm-hmm. is what I, this is my thing, is that I stonewall. And, and I'll, I'll try to get out of this hard conversation when it's, when it's my spouse. And I'm like, this is not healthy, so we need to figure something out there. Uh, and th- like we said before, when we were talking about these, these are the four horsemen. These are things that could potentially do a lot of damage in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So we're, again, looking at ourselves and not looking at our spouse and saying, hey, what about these areas do I need to get a little bit bit better at? So, yeah. All right. So if there's somebody listening right now that is like, man, I do one of those things a lot. That's what I do all the time. What advice do we have for those people to, to start doing things a little better? I think... There's an area that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I've been talking to my wife about it, is this idea of accepting influence. That a lot of times, as people, we don't like to be told what we're doing wrong, 
uh, we don't want to hear negative feedback. We just, we're anti that. Mm -hmm. But the problem is all of us have blind spots. All of us have weaknesses. We're all selfish. We're all human beings. And so we're bringing, all of us are bringing that to the table. And you think about this unique relationship that God has given us with this spouse and who knows our weaknesses and our garbage, I guess, better than this person that we live with and have lived with for all these years. Yeah. Who knows better about kind of maybe some areas of weakness we have. And so sometimes I think we get in this mindset that if someone tells us we have something wrong with us, that it's telling us that we're bad, that we're wrong as an individual, something's defective about us. And so accepting influence is saying, just because I'm hearing something I need to work on doesn't mean I'm bad or I'm horrible as a human being. It's saying that here's someone that's helping me to get better. And so I think one of the things that might be a mindset issue is realize that God has given me this person to help me become a better human being. And so accepting influence says that I'm not going to be so put off or so angry when they start to maybe reveal some things about me that aren't the best. And so I'm going to accept their influence so that I can grow as a human being. Like my wife saying to me that, hey, when she talks, I often interrupt with questions or I often interrupt with different thoughts. And She's like, hey, if you would just let me kind of complete my thoughts, that would really be more meaningful because it feels like you're kind of direct my conversation. Well, I'd never realized that I might do that with other people, but accepting influences, I just need to let people kind of talk and kind of play into those pauses a little bit better. And so yeah. that's making me a better listener, making me a better communicator. But if I'm not willing to listen to that, like, well, you don't tell me what to do because you you don't do that when I talk or whatever, however it would be, it gets defensive, then it just shuts down. And so then I'm not improving as a human being. And so I think it's part of a, a mindset thing that, hey, this person can have influence in me. And again, there's some some basics. We, we can't just attack people, go back to that eye language and say, well, here's where you suck. You know, we can't do that. But I think that's yeah. one of the antidotes is kind of realizing I need to get this mental idea that this person's going to help me grow as a human being. And just because they point out something negative doesn't mean I'm defective as a human being. Right. Absolutely. I, I know that with your your comments, you, you're like, you have questions. I have comments. I always want to always want to have some kind of running, like I try to make a joke or I try to make some quirky comment or reference. And Kara will be like, just just shut up for a second. Because yeah. it makes them, again, back to feeling not very valuable. Yeah, this like, person I'm, really doesn't care what I'm, I have to I'm say. I'm trying to get a thought out. Can you just yeah. not talk for a second? And, and I didn't realize how verbal I really was until... I got married because mm-hmm. I'm. I don't feel like I'm a talkative person, but here I am hosting a podcast. <laughs> so I guess that's not true. Yeah, <laughs> Tara, what about you? What kind of advice do you have for somebody who's like that's me? Um, I think along with accepting that influence is also accepting responsibility, and it's hard to do that if we are, you know, pointing out other people's faults when they come to us with a complaint or a suggestion or what have you. So, you know, a lot of times when somebody comes and says like, Hey, I want to talk to you about this. I want this thing to change. Or when you do this thing, like, you know, I feel whatever. A lot of times we automatically go, um, and gather up our ammo and go towards them and say, well, you do this, this, and this, you know, so what about that? Well, maybe they do. And there's a time and a place for that conversation, but it's not in the conversation where they came to you initially and said, like, hey, I want to like talk about this or work on this thing. Yeah. And so to step back, let them finish talking, take responsibility for your part in this um, conflict, I think is necessary. Um, but again, you've got to have that awareness to do that. And um, also being okay with not getting things resolved in just one conversation, knowing that like this may need to, we may need to have 10 conversations around this, or this may 
be something that we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks, like multiple times, it does not have to get resolved in like a like 30 com 30 minute sitcoms do, you know, like we can take our time and it doesn't have to ruin the other parts or um, taint other areas of our marriage or um, the relationship. Awesome. And I think another piece of it too is like, as I know, if I, if I've tried to improve in these areas, so I didn't score very well in defensiveness in the test that we took. Huh. And so one of the things that I think has been for me so healthy as we've talked about this a lot is being that journey of trying to make sure that I'm as healthy as I can be mm-hmm. so that I can not hear something and think, oh my gosh, I'm a defective human being, but hear something and say, if I'm a little healthier, the tank's a little more full, then all of a sudden something like that just doesn't drain the tank or I'm just so emotional. It's like, oh, okay, this is a, maybe a way for me to improve or like, okay, maybe they're having a bad day and I can absorb that and say, maybe this isn't about me, maybe it's about them at this moment, kind of be more kind in that moment. But I think a lot of it's just the healthier I am in my own journey of doing things like counseling and doing programs and being involved in the community and growing my relationship with God, the more healthy that stuff is, the easier it is to not be as defensive or a stonewall because I'm not coming from a, a place of a little more pain than I typically would. So. Right. Well, um, we've identified kind of who who is who here in the defensiveness, stonewalling, kind of hitting those two real hard. Um, we mentioned uh, in, in when we were talking offline here that there were some antidotes to some of these issues that we bring up so i'd love to start giving some of those practical antidotes some of those practical things that you can do to um to start combating those things in your life and obviously self-awareness is a huge part of it it has been through this whole podcast through this whole marriage thing that we're we've been talking about but um you know what are some of those uh practical ways to help us communicate better when we are a defensive person or a stonewalling type person Um, Some of them we've already mentioned, but um, in defensiveness, like accepting responsibility um, and influence and not blaming. And then for stonewalling, um, I think the best thing to do is, and a lot of times one partner may not want to do this um, or either, but it's it's actually okay. Um, But taking like a 20, 30 minute break and then coming back to revisit um, the situation that way both of you can kind of like um, kind of come down from the high emotions. Maybe you're being a little irrational. You're ready to attack, that kind of stuff, but just taking a break. But the only the only time it's healthy or okay to like give yourself permission to take those breaks is when you promise to come back and you actually come back. Otherwise, yeah. it's still stonewalling. Yeah. Then you both got your way or one of you got your way and you didn't have to finish the conversation. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things we had to learn too is that I never wanted to come back to the conversation, and uh, we had a we had a discussion. I, re- I remember, uh, I don't know how many years later, even it was that we just had this issue and kind of to, before we really identified that this is what I did. Um, and I remember her saying, like, I don't mind you going away to, but to, to cool off, to figure things out, to you know, assess the situation internally, because I like to do that. But you gotta promise that there's gonna be a comeback mm-hmm. to the conversation. Yeah, and uh, I was like, "You're right. That's fair. Um, I'll make sure we do that." Yeah, and a lot of times, the, one of the spouses doesn't want to take a break because they are worried for that reason, like that you're not gonna come back, or they, there's yeah. a sense of urgency. We've if I if we've got to get this taken care of like right now, or like mm-hmm. you know, I hear a lot of people like the Bible says, "Don't let the sun go down on your anger," and yeah. I'm like, "Well, yes, it does," and. There, there's truth in that, but at the same time, you cannot always truly fix something, resolve something, heal something 
in one conversation. Right. But as long as you both know that you're committed to coming back to it or to working on it, or y'all are, you know, at least in the same chapter of the book, same mm-hmm. book, then you can go to bed with some peace around like, hey, we're this is going to get resolved yeah. and healed. Yeah. Don't go. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Right. Like you can put anger to bed yeah. pretty quick, but you can, you don't, that doesn't mean you're solving the problem. Right. Yet. And so I think it's under, you can have that understanding with your spouse, like, hey, I know we've got some things to talk about here, but we also need to go to go to bed and get some sleep because we're both tired and we're not going to have a really good those, conversation right now. Yeah. Sometimes those emotions are so high that there's nothing good going right. to happen at that yeah. moment. And that's, I mean, I have, I tell people all the time, like, don't have, important conversations or highly emotional conversations when you're tired, when you're hangry, when you're hungry, when you're not feeling well physically or after something big has just happened, like, because that you're in a different headspace. And so that does not always look, we don't always take the best route sometimes when that happens. Yeah. And my wife and I, you know, with kids over the years, a lot of times, the only times we'd ever be alone would be in the car. And so I try to always bring up issues in the car. And my wife and I have very different views of driving. You know, I like to get there as quickly as possible. She's like, she likes to be safe. So I don't know who's right there. Yeah. But she said the other day, like, hey, when you bring up issues that we need to talk about in the car, this is already a little bit of a tense situation. And usually they escalate pretty quickly. So for us, having intense conversations in the car is not a good idea because it usually escalates pretty badly. And so we just have to kind of be aware of those moments. And another thing I think about too often when, when it comes to stonewalling is just even, you know, the posture that you have and realizing how that might make you feel. And you, your goal is really to add value to this human being. And so if you're turning away from them, if you're kind of being unresponsive to them, kind of ask your, yourself the question, like, how would that make me feel? How would I want someone to respond to me if I really needed to talk? Mm-hmm, and so yeah. it might be just kind of putting yourself in that other person's shoes a little bit and thinking, yeah. how could I add yeah. value to them? I think it's a big deal. Which is another kind of side of the coin of being a student of your partner. Yeah. And just understanding how they communicate and understanding what works for them and and what is going to escalate a situation and what's going to de-escalate a situation by simply your timing or uh, your tone. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those, did we talk about that last we season? Did. We yeah. did talk about that. It seems familiar. Maybe, technique and truth. Oh, technique <laughs> and truth. So, so I think that's, that's, that's great. Um, and another thing that we do is we use uh, Seinfeld. Remember when they talked about the sneeze was, was getting old. You're so, and so good we'll, we'll looking. stop and just say, you're so good looking. That seems to de-escalate. <laughs> Instead of things. saying, uh, bless you. Yeah, exactly. We'll, but we'll say that. And when we start to, you're so good looking. So. <laughs> Well, this has been really great. This is super helpful. I think that as we go through these four horsemen of the apocalypse of our our relationships, it is good for us to be mindful, to be aware, and uh, just kind of not only a student of ourselves, but a student of our spouse and just uh, helping us communicate better. Uh, This has been really, really great. Um, And I think that since Tara did the intro, maybe you should do the outro on this. I think so as well. The outro would be (laughs) wonderful. I think I have laryngitis. She's she's out. Uh, Well, on behalf of Tara, I would like to say thank you for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Please subscribe and don't forget to give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. And next time on the show, we're going to go through a little therapy session with Brock where you're going to get therapy. I'm going to get therapy from the therapist. Oh, from the therapist. Oh, it's going to be great. Really, really good. Should be a lot of fun. All right. So thank you guys for listening really appreciate you out there and hopefully your marriages are are thriving in ways only God could imagine as we hope and uh, we'll see you next time see ya
Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.